I always no. worry my car is going to give out. But then what if Brad Pitt had to fix you, like, fixed your car for you? Fuck, I would just throw up in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> lick it up. <laughs> like a dog in front of Brad Pitt? <laughs> That's all I can think right now. Don't shift your weight. Don't stare. And for God's sake, whatever you do. Hello, and welcome to March Bradness. I'm Sarah. I'm Hannah, and this is the world's only March Madness-style Brad Pitt-themed podcast, where we pit every one of Brad Pitt's movies against one another in a quest to find... (gasps) The ultimate Brad. This week, uh, for our triumphant return, uh, which we definitely planned, we're talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So if you haven't seen it, go see it. Because I'm going to spoil the shit out of it for you. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. How long How long have we been off the airwaves? We've been off the airwaves um, for a whole while. I think almost a year. I feel like we're coming up on a year. I think we're coming up on a year. Uh, I apologize. Um, you know, life comes at you fast and then real slow. Yeah. And both those things really, uh, you know, we had a bi-coastal move. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Sarah's got a new career path living mm-hmm. in L.A. Mm-hmm. in Hollywood. My new career path is um, being Brad Pitt's personal assistant. That's not true at Don't all. do that. Today I had a fantasy that you got to meet him, and I was like, I hope Sarah would know that if she ever met Brad Pitt, she would have to call me. And I'd be like, why is Sarah calling me? This must be an emergency. And I would pick it up, and I'd have to hide in the sun closet at work. And then I would be like, Brad Pitt be like, hey. And I'd be Holy like, shit. I'd cry. I would just cry. I don't know what we would do. And I've thought about it multiple times. I think the closest scare that we had was when I had like just moved and I was at a Trader Joe's in Palm Desert. Yeah. And I saw a man that looked exactly like a young Brad Pitt and he was wearing sunglasses indoors and people were like kind of looking at him and whispering and like the cashiers were acting funny. And I followed him (laughs) around the aisles. (laughs) Because what if the cashiers were acting funny because you were following I, this man? It wasn't, not in a weird way, but like if I would see him, I would go down the aisle because I was trying to check the tattoos because I was like, is this fucking Brad Pitt? And then I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't feel like I'm morally allowed to see Brad Pitt without you. Wow. Thanks. I appreciate so, it. It wasn't him. I have no That's idea good. who it was. I mean, I'm, a, I'm still not 100% sure. I just think he was too young. Like, his skin um, didn't look, like, old enough. <laughs> yeah, no, Brad's looking... Brad is, uh, he's 55. He looks yeah, really good for his age, but he, he also looks like he's 55, you know? Yeah, and he's, like, a little beefier. Like, this was a stringy... This was, like, a... Mm. Not across the tracks by any means. This was a too-young-to-die Brad, but with long uh, hair. Oh, interesting. Maybe yeah. you just saw like Matthew McConaughey or something. Maybe. Maybe it was Brad Pitt's stunt double. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Strange twist. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, we do have an insider story. So Brittany, uh, who has been a guest star on our podcast previously, her Twitter handle is uh, Wake Up Brit. Uh, went to watch them film, and she said that there were like the cars. You know, the cars. Well, 
you know the cars in the movie. We're driving around and like she said one of the crew members leaned over and was like, you think that's Brad Pitt in there? And she was like, no, 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 no. Like stunt doubles are driving those cars. And she watched for like a solid half an hour. And then at the end, they got out of the car and it was Brad Pitt driving. (laughs) Holy shit. Did you see the video that I think it was the TMZ posted that was Brad Pitt failing to make a three point turn? No. It was so funny. A, a PA had to help him oh like, my physically God. move the car. Like, same, though. It's hard. Like, who fucking does a three-point turn? But it's, like, you know, up in the hills, and he was, like, it was so funny. Oh, Highly my recommend God. watching it's it, hard. everyone. It's really fucking hard to drive in the hills. I don't understand why. Well, I, it's cool that celebrities live there because their hills are cool, but, like, Every time I have to drive through the hills, I feel like I'm going to wipe out, like, 12 cars Maybe that's why tree. the celebrities live there, because the plebeians, like you and me, can't drive through the hills without fearing death, and I the celebrities guess. know they'll never die because they're famous. <laughs> Maybe that's true. It seems very stressful. <laughs> so I do not blame Brad at all for having trouble driving on them. So I saw this movie at the Arclight Theaters in Hollywood, which I did not realize appeared in the movie. So I did stand very close to where Brad Pitt once sat. So wow. degrees, the degrees of separation are closing. Was the theater the one that Margot Robbie went to go watch her movie in? Was it that one? It might. Oh, um, no, it wasn't that one. I wanted, I don't know if that was the Las Vegas Theater. I don't know where that was. It was, um, it's the arc light. It's like a dome that shows up at one point. And then oh. they had the front of it all funky looking. I didn't see it inside the dome. I saw it at an adjacent theater. Because um, mm. uh, I wanted to see it on 35 millimeter. Yeah, like costs, a real film fan. It costs $18. <laughs> I think mine cost about that too. And I saw it on a Monday. But I only got to see it at an Alamo Draft House on top of a Target. So, <laughs> Alamo Draft House is still pretty cool, though, because it's like a draft house. Although you yeah. were in the morning on a Monday, so you, I'm assuming you weren't. I was not drinking. throwing one back, but if you were, it's okay. Uh, I thought about it, but then I was like, that's too much money, and it's 11 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) But then I was like, by the time I'm done with this movie, it will be 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, no kidding. That movie was hard to schedule into a day, because it was like, (laughs) cool, let me go disappear for like four hours, including transit. Yeah, no, I was going to see it on Sunday. Um, We were going to see it the same day, and then I was like, I literally have too many chores to do to see this movie today. Yeah, it's like, like a massive time commitment. Because you are stu- you can't multitask at a movie theater. Um, I want to say for our listeners that Sarah and I have literally not talked about how we've respectively felt about this movie mm-hmm. uh, at all since seeing it. Yeah, uh, we wanted to keep this like very organic. So I, yeah, I have no idea how you feel about this, Hannah. I don't know how you feel either, and it makes me a little frightened. <laughs> like, because it could be, like, we could be very polarized. We could be very polarized. I think I've just been assuming that you feel exactly the same way as I do, because... I always assume you feel exactly the same way that I do all the time, oh, and then when too. you don't, I get stressed out. <laughs> I know. I guess we can just, like, go go into it. Yeah. Do we need to summarize it? Um, that's a really good question. Side question... What is there to summarize? <laughs> it's a difficult movie to summarize. I uh, yeah, would say. okay, I'm gonna do my best. Like, I am assuming that anybody listening has seen this movie. 
Yeah, if not, go watch it. I yeah, think. because, like, otherwise you're going to get spoiled and that would kind of suck. But, I mean, if you haven't and you don't care about that, um, it's kind of a little wandering slice of life character drama about um, the main character is Leonardo DiCaprio. Is his name Jack in the movie? Is that right? I should know, but I honestly am going to tell you right now that I zoned out for a lot of... Uh, Rick. I was Rick. Cl- Rick Dalton. Rick. You're Rick fucking Dalton. Don't Rick forget it. Rick fucking Dalton. It is set in 1969 Los Angeles. And Rick Dalton is a like an aging star, like a Western star. Um, Brad Pitt is his sidekick, which I'm just going to go ahead and stunt say. double. Yeah, stunt, stunt double like did all his errands for him. I had a hard time with the suspension of disbelief for that because... <laughs> You know, Brad is, like, aging and didn't seem particularly, like, I don't think of him as a very spry sort of guy, but whatever. Um, Anyway, it just kind of follows them as uh, Rick is freaking out about his career. Brad is, like, doing stuff and being a sad divorced man, and there's, like, a rumor that he killed his wife. And then it also ties into the... The whatchamacallit, the Mason... Manson family. The Manson murders. Uh, Brad meets um, an underage girl from a cult. And uh, the cult uh, tries to murder some people. Sharon Tate. Was that a good summary or what? (laughs) Yeah, guys. Uh, Yeah, it takes place... uh, The backdrop and like sort of the hook to it is it's like Quentin Tarantino's take on the Manson family murders of Sharon Tate. Uh, which you're like, boy, howdy, do I not trust Quentin Tarantino, notorious uh, woman hater, uh, to tastefully deal with Sharon Tate's story? Uh, nope. Yeah, I don't know. I um, I liked it. I'm gonna say, as a as we know on the cast, I'm not a huge fan of Tarantino. Um, I watched Pulp Fiction the night before, and didn't. Like, I was like, cool, I guess I get it. But also, like, Quentin, why are you saying the N-word so much? Uh, Yup. That's not necessary for you to be doing. But I think the way I've been describing it to people who have been asking me what I thought is I was like, I think that it is, in uh, certain regards, Tarantino for people who don't like Tarantino. At least that's how I felt about it. Because I really like meandering character dramas where nothing happens. And that's what yeah, a s- solid I, two hours and 35 minutes of this movie were. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, um, like, positive for this movie, it didn't feel like it was three hours long. There was only one time where I, like, looked at my phone, like, how much more of this do we have left? Um, it was, like, enjoyable to watch. I liked the characters. I really like his camera work. Um, it was doing some really interesting stuff. I'm taking, like, a bunch of storyboarding classes right now, so all I can do is think about, like, the camera angle. But um, he was, like, I don't know. He was doing this kind of fun thing where he kept crossing the 180 line. He would flip it right in the middle of a conversation when, like, I'm thinking when Rick was uh, having the conversation at the beginning in the restaurant. And um, the, I don't know who it was. It was, like, a producer or a film critic or something. I think it was a producer was telling him. Uh, like, Mr. Schwarz. Yeah, Mr. Schwartz, he was telling him that his career was over. And, like, right when he said that, it, it flipped the line to put Leo out of the power seat. It was like he was using mm-hmm. one side of the screen as, like, the power seat. 
And he was doing it really consistently. Like, they left the restaurant. He was still on that side. They got in the car. And, like, Brad was in the power seat. But then by the end of it, like, Leo was feeling better. So they swapped again. Like, I thought that kind of stuff, like, he's clearly, like, very deliberate in his storytelling. And yeah, I appreciate that. I, yeah, I mean, it definitely felt like two different movies to me. The Manson murders just kind of felt, like, confusing. Where yeah. it was like, what is going on? Like, why? I spent, like, 90% of the movie being like, why Why are we being shown this? Like, why are these characters here? And then at the end, it didn't come together in a satisfying way so much as, like, a, a bloodbath. And uh, right. extremely gory in Tarantino fashion. I had to close my eyes for the entire fight scene. And I just heard squelching noises and then I would, like, peek and see somebody being curb-stomped or just, like, absolute, like, face horror. Um, uh, all against women. And I uh, can't say I'm a fan. Yeah, I, um, I'm trying to think. I was, I was talking to somebody about it today. And the thing that I, like, very much so didn't like about Inglorious Bastards, which is the other tarantino movie we've really talked about here um was the fact that like it seems to posture itself as like shoshana's story and like this is a story of shoshana getting her revenge and then that is like not like given to her like she's not allowed to have that yes um and that's fucked up and no no bueno imo yep um this one was interesting because the marketing material and, like, the way that it was framed in the press was, like, this is a movie about Sharon Tate and, like, that whole thing, mm-hmm. the Manson family and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, like, it very much wasn't mm-hmm. to the point where, like, I agree to your point where it felt like it was too, like, non like non congruent films you know it did feel like two sort of different things totally um but then at the same time it's like i found it interesting like to have like painted sharon tate as just like this normal woman you know she Mm -hmm. was just like a normal lady buying buying books and like having listening to records with her friends and stuff like that uh-huh. and like to recontextualize like this like very famous victim of like atrocity as like just like some lady that this thing didn't have to happen to right i thought was interesting right and like without ever necessarily posing the film as like supposing to be her story you know right like, it was just sort of, like, coincidentally this thing was happening right. at the same time as, like, this other, like, you know, thing where these, like, other people are wrapped up in their own shit. Right. Yeah, that's an interesting... I hadn't thought about it like that. I I, I guess it just left me feeling confused, like, considering... Like, the weird thing for me is, like, you know, if he's changing history, like, if he's making this into, like, you know, a positive thing where she survives, like... We didn't get to see that payoff for her, like in any sort of way. Like, she didn't show up. I at the thought end we of the did, movie. though. Well, yeah, she, she did. No, we heard her voice on the intercom. Like, no, she showed up at the end. No, 
Like, right before the credits where she, like, was like, hey, Leo, it's so nice to meet you. Like, please come in and, like, stuff like that. She was in, like, the jersey. And, like, they, like, chatted and stuff. And, like, she, like, got to give him a hug and stuff like that. I guess really like, Without, two like, knowing what happened. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was sort of, like, the point of it where it was, like, this, like, horrifying. Like, she never, like, Sharon Tate, I, like, in real life never knew, like, that day that she was going to get horrifically murdered by mm-hmm. these people. Mm-hmm. And, like, she didn't know at the end of the film. Like, it was just a normal night for her. Yeah. I guess it, it Which just... I, I just felt like she didn't have agency in any of that, you know? Right. And, like, given his track record, I don't know. Like, that's an interesting way to think of it, but, like, I don't know that I would... I don't know. I don't feel like giving him the benefit of the doubt, I guess. Like... Right. I, so I went into this movie not knowing, because I live under a rock... Uh, not knowing about the Manson murders and not knowing that it was like, you know, I like to go into movies like absolutely blind. So I didn't know um, like his intentions for it or like that it was marketed that way. Um, but I didn't mm-hmm. know that this like, you know, whatever you hear the name Manson murders, but I was not aware of like what went down um, until I was reading about it afterwards. But so during the movie, my only context for that was like that it was like a kind of a sketchy hippie commune, you know? Right. so like in real life I guess the commune mostly was young women but Mm -hmm. not knowing that watching the movie the whole time I was just like god he fucking hates women and it just felt hateful you know like so much of the movie felt hateful to me and I feel like Tarantino is like keeps doing this thing where like he beats up people that you can't it's like he uses it as like a gotcha, you know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, they're right. like murderers. So like that makes it okay for me to like violently kill women on TV. Right. You know, I, I just like the guy gives me bad vibes. Yeah. I mean, I always think about that Tumblr post. That's like, I'm really glad Quentin Tarantino became a director and not a serial killer. Hell yes. <laughs> Which is like, yeah. Hard same. God. And he, then he's also, like, sexualizing the underage girl. Like, there are so many shots where her ass is in the front, like, third of the screen. And then she's, it's just, like, why? Why are you doing this? It's really difficult because it is, like, a thing where, like, you were saying about, like, the cinematography and, like, the very, like, purposeful nature of the storytelling and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where it's, like, very frustrating to see something that is, like, like objectively well-crafted. Totally. But then, like, have such a, like, so many people be like, yeah, but, like, it's good. Yeah. You know? Like, that was, like, my entire experience, like, all through film school. And totally. And like, found, right. like kill bill or anything like right exactly yeah it's empowering like, right it like so sucks that as a woman you have to you feel like you have to be like oh but you know like yeah you're expected to like forgive that kind of stuff at the risk of sounding like a buzzkill right it's like i don't know why i should still have to be excusing it like yeah i don't know why it is a thing that so many people don't like blink at you know yeah but it's, yeah. I don't know. That being said, like, it was, like, I thought it was really interesting. Um, 
I heard uh, an interview with him on the radio where he was talking about, um, you know, he was talking about, like, how he got the idea, and he said, you know, he'd been wanting to make another movie for a while and had been tossing around ideas and nothing had stuck, but then he said that he um, started thinking about this movie and these characters, and he was like, I just kept thinking about them. Like, I, I started to think, like, oh my gosh, is this my next big idea? And then he said, <laughs> then I realized... I was so into the characters. I was like, well, maybe it doesn't need a plot. <laughs> We're just like, right. And I think that's where it's. I think that's where it's apparent. And I think it's like, I like one of the movies that is in this movie. Right. But there are three movies in this movie, and I do not like the other two. Right. Um. I think this was a thing where it was like Tarantino was like, I like my OCs, mm-hmm. uh, but something's got to happen. So I read the Wikipedia article on the Manson murders mm-hmm. and also a book about it. So I may as well just put it there. I so feel that. And I wish he didn't. Like, I really wish that he just stuck with it being about um, Leo and Brad. Like, because I think that was enough. Like, I I felt like we didn't get very deep into, like, this whole thing about Brad Pitt may or may not have killed his wife. Uh, would have But at the same time, I'm, like, kind of glad we... Like, I, when that happened, I was like, uh, Oh, yeah, no, cause... for sure. I was, like, hella worried that we were going to get, like, really violent in a place that I didn't yeah. want to go. But I guess just backstory for him in general um would have been interesting Um, yeah can we please please talk about brad pitt's divorced dad trailer and like how it wasn't even a set it was just his house house. quentin was like hey brad uh, i see you're going through some trouble right now uh making a movie you want to be in it and brad was like fucking fine he's like actually the set is a it's really nice, but I think you should have a pit bull instead of a bulldog. That's <laughs> like, sure, fine. It's like, okay, cool, 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 cool. Uh, just don't get rid of this trailer, please. And Brad's you like, know? like Brad's that's like, how I imagine oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Down. And Brad's like, I guess you you need me to clean up, huh? And Quentin's like, well, I can't do the Quentin voice the way you do it. But he's like, no, 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 just leave it. Just leave it. Don't touch it. Because, like, that is the set design for like that mess in that trailer, it was real. It was just, you know. That was so good. That was some of the realest mess I'd ever seen. Like, I don't think I'd seen, like, it was, like, the, just, like, the food waste and the way the food was, like, congealed onto the plates. Ugh. And, like, I just, like, was thinking about, like, watching him eat the mac and cheese out of the pot oh. was just, like. And, like, the pot wasn't clean and that he made yeah, it. And then, I was, like, and, dad? And then, oh. And when he fed the dog, he, like put the dog's wet food on top of like uneaten unfinished other wet food and then like poured dry food on and all I kept thinking was like this is like Los Angeles like we have a massive cockroach problem like <laughs> that you're gonna get Brad no you're gonna get German roaches in two minutes and you're not gonna be able to get rid of them like he doesn't care ah <laughs> yeah it's very stressful um, I also must note that the dog in this movie, uh, Ginger, I believe is her name, right? Oh my god, right? god bless Ginger. I, I don't know. She won a dog d'or. Uh, is that a at, dog acting award? Yeah, at con. She won she won best dog at con. She was so good. She was so good. She was so well trained. She was both in real life and in not real yeah, life. Yeah, I really. But like... there was a continuity error. Uh oh. Where when the dog was going to go and uh, protect Leonardo DiCaprio's Italian wife, 
uh, it was a boy dog instead of a girl dog. Uh oh. I was like, that's a continuity error. Saw a little, but that dog was the only dog that could do that trick reliably. Pee pee. Mm hmm. I'm sorry. I didn't say nothing though. <laughs> you didn't shout it out to the theater. I didn't say, hey, <laughs> dog dog. <laughs> did you guys see that dog's penis? No, I did not say that because I'm not a freak. <laughs> you should have said it. <laughs> Just scream it out loud. Maybe if you had participated in the draft house portion of the Alamo draft house. <sighs> I know. I should have gotten schwasty at 11 a.m. on a Monday. <laughs> I think you should have, like, for science. <laughs> I don't know. Then you could have told me if it made the movie better or worse. It would hmm. probably make it worse because it's really hard to be patient when you're drunk. Yeah, I think so. And then I'd have to pee more often. Yeah. It was but, not a pee break movie. Well, or it yeah, was. Well, but it was. I don't know. I took my pee break when Leonardo DiCaprio was doing his acting scene. Oh. Uh, and then he did the scene. And then the little girl was like, that was the best acting I've ever seen. I really liked that little girl. I did too. She was... Positive Capricorn representation. <laughs> she was absolutely a Capricorn. I thought that was really sweet when she was yeah, cheering but him up. I also couldn't stop thinking about... Uh, a friend of mine on Letterboxd, we're not friends. I don't know. You can't really make friends on Letterboxd, but there's this one girl on Letterboxd who said, can't wait for in 10 years to see a BuzzFeed article about Leonardo DiCaprio dating that little girl from oh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood fuck. and have it be captioned as if it's so heartwarming that they reconnected after all these years. But God and damn it. it made me think about how I only got about six months left before I'm too old for Leo. So, Leonardo DiCaprio is 44 years old. Gross. Weird. 11 years younger than Brad Pitt. Wow. Yeah, so that was like, it was a suspense, right? Seeing Brad Pitt be the stunt double, wouldn't you assume it was the other way around? (laughs) I loved, I like, I like, I feel like Brad Pitt could still climb a wall, though, you know? I did really like when he was climbing up onto the roof. And he jumped on the roof and he was just like, Yeah, he did like parkour to get onto the roof. And it was like... And then he took his shirt off and he was like, listen, guys, I've been really clear on this podcast. I'm like, my thing for Brad is purely semi-paternal slash, hey, my little buddy, hope you're doing all right. But when Brad Pitt took his shirt off to fix that antenna on that roof, he really... Man, did he cross? God bless America. Did he cross over for you into the? I would, I would. Uh, Rachel put me in a corner on this one, and she was like, "If you were at a bar and Brad Pitt was there with you and you were chatting, and then he was like, hey, you want to get out of here? Like, you can't tell me you wouldn't go home with Brad Pitt.'" And I was like, "Yeah, I can't tell you that anymore." Yeah, I think he's finally gotten out of his depresso hole, and now he can be hot again. I think that's honest and brave for you to admit. I was really wondering how, well, I didn't, I, I never know how we're supposed to react when a man takes his shirt off in a movie. Um, <laughs> I'm like, is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. So I, I, I wasn't sure how you would feel about that. Um, I was, po- it, it was a positive, ad- it was a positive, there was a point in the prose column of this that's film. That's good. That's good. I'm glad. He, he just looked like he was aging to me. Like, he just looked. Yeah, his face is getting a little, you know. He's an old boy. I think in the press tour, he's getting a little bit more uh, long in the tooth. Honey. 
But uh, I thought that it was an interesting uh, makeup choice to give him all those scars. I thought that was really cool mm-hmm. and like a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved Brad in this movie. I gotta say, I uh, he had that swagger that I'm always looking for. Uh-huh. You know, when you're just like over something. But, like, still hanging around. Uh-huh. Uh, I think he captured that really well. Totally. In that divorcee-type way. Totally. Oh, he, like, blended uh, the fuck in. Yeah. Like, it was, like, one of those things where it's, like, you were aware that it was Brad Pitt sometimes, mm-hmm. but other times you were, like, huh, who's this asshole? Right. Just hanging around. Just hanging out. I really liked, he seemed, like, yeah, just very resigned to his fate as the, yeah. as, as, as Leonardo DiCaprio's bitch. Yeah. And he was like, he was very okay with it. He was like, he was a good friend. He would always listen to Leo and he like, he never seemed resentful about his position. Yeah. I liked that. And I thought that it was like an interesting dynamic because like, I don't know, you get into like the whole Harry Potter thing and like such the classic dynamic of like, why aren't I the famous one? You don't know what you got. But like Brad was just sort of like, yo, dude. Yeah. There was none of that. I will say that I was expecting, like, because I, I was excited because I heard, like, a lot of people, the people, first of all, the people are talking about Brad Pitt again. First of all, where have you been? Uh, second of, Sleeping. Second of all, welcome. Uh, Thank you for joining all, us. If you think that was good, go watch uh, the rest of his cinematography. Because, like, I feel like people were like, wow, this is, like, such a Brad Brad, you know? Like, he's got, he's, like, such a... This is such a Brad role for him. And, like, to me, it was, it was like, it was a quieter Brad role. Like, we weren't seeing... It was definitely... Yeah. It was definitely quieter. Yeah. It was no uh, this is Lieutenant Aldo Rain. Yeah, oh, totally. It was no poopy diaper run. <laughs> <laughs> no, he ran like a normal person. He ran better than a normal person because he's a stuntman. But, yeah, like, I felt like I, I think I was... My expectations were set for, like a much higher energy Rusty. Brad than we were getting. Totally. Rusty, well, I think I was expecting um, Burn After Reading. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Interesting. I, I think I would have to see it again with a new expectation and lens because at the time I felt like a little disappointed that there wasn't like more energy, but I think in retrospect, it fit the role and like more energy would have been inappropriate yeah no i feel that and i i think this definitely felt like a more mature and like wiser brad totally and like didn't have that kinetic energy that like some of the past ones have had yeah but i think like in the sort of like lazy stoner brad sort of like vibe that he had going on Mm -hmm. like i think it i think it i think it worked for a more mature version of like what you think of as a classic right you know like a grown-up stoner who yeah got his shit together yeah grown-up retiree (laughs) stoner brad yeah he man i just yeah i would have i wish we got more backstory or more about like what's going on yeah definitely i feel like i wanted less uh less leo more absolutely that's like always the case but i i I feel like the public would agree with that. I don't know. I feel like... Yeah. Because I see people talking about Brad Pitt, and I don't see people talking about Leo. Yeah, we're over Leo. Leo's got his Oscar. Yeah. Um, gratuitous violence aside, I do like 
that Brad Pitt single-handedly stopped the Manson family murders? He did, while uh, he was high on acid. Well, he was high on an acid-smoked cigarette. So, uh, <laughs> that was, okay, that was great. I loved how completely calm he was, well, because he was high on acid, but also because he's fucking Brad, you know what I mean? Like, if, yeah, if, I, I was getting so stressed at that point in the movie, I was like, oh, for sure, because like it's 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 at that point in the movie too. Like you spend the entire movie being like Sharon Tate's gonna fucking die and it's gonna be fucking terrible because it's a Tarantino movie and it's just gonna be like we're gonna watch him rip the baby out and it's gonna be horrible. Yeah, and then it's like Brad Pitt being like, "Are you real?" <laughs> yeah, and then I really liked when uh, Tex was there, and Brad was like, "What was your name?" And he was like, I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's work. And Brad was like, nah, it was stupider than that. <laughs> yes. He was like, so him, Dad. He was so chill. And then he just started laughing, and he scared them. I just mm-hmm. can't think of anything worse than being high and having murder. Home invaders. <laughs> I think I would pass out. Like, I think I would just die of a heart attack. But he was he did calm, it. cool, and collected, and then he killed them. And then when he was being loaded into the ambulance, he was just like, nah, it's chill. It's fine. I'm I'm glad that Leo's going to bring him bagels tomorrow. Me too. I would like to think that they're hanging out right now. I also think that this is a really good testament once again to how aggressively straight Brad Pitt is. <laughs> oh, because it didn't seem homoerotic even once. Yeah. yeah that's true. And it I was probably like, should have. It would have been right? a fucking, uh, fucking, uh, what's, what's his name? George Clooney? Yes. Thank you. It would yeah. have been if George was there. They should have done it yeah. where George was the Leo and then Brad was George's mm. stuntman. Ooh, I like that movie more. Yeah, that would have been more convincing and uh, it would turn up, it would, it would put the romance in bromance. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> I love my weird stoner dad. Me too. I hope he's having a good day. I think he is. I'm sure he's happy to be acting again. Yeah, and something that's like not wormish. Right? Lord. No, it's cool. It was a good it was a it was a good movie. Yeah, no, I think so like my whole thing is it's like in the context of Tarantino, I think it showed a lot of restraint. Yeah, no, I felt that too. Like I would <laughs> I would say this shows growth. Yeah, and I like especially since like the last movie he did, which I didn't even bother seeing, The Hateful Eight was like literally just like let's like murder Jodie Foster yeah. in the cabin in the snow, yeah. just like cuz. And then also we'll say the N-word. Not one N-word was said. That was refreshing. Were there black people in the movie? No. no. But no one said the N-word. You lose some, you lose some, I guess. um, No, I mean, like, in terms of, like, Tarantino movies, again, like, I'm not a fan. I get it. I went to film school. He is a talented man who did a lot of learning. I did come away with it with the understanding that I think Tarantino operates better when you are already a fan of the genre of film he's paying homage Mm -hmm. to. Um, As someone who cares much more about Westerns and, like, 60s Hollywood, I just find that era and like aesthetic very interesting right no it was like um, it was very it was like a fun movie to kind of get lost in it was like a cool yeah it was pretty to look at 
and it felt very placed in time. Like it was never. Yeah. It it really stayed there. Yeah, I I liked it. I've I've been telling people, depending on who it is, uh, I would see it. I would recommend seeing it, depending on, uh, I guess your gender. Uh, would maybe not recommend paying money to see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sad that I paid eighteen dollars to see it. I think that yeah. I would have been a lot happier if I paid seven dollars. But yeah. So I also think that we didn't talk enough about Brad's hair or moccasins in this one. And uh, really good Wranglers. Mm-hmm. Really liked his Hawaiian shirt. Mm-hmm. Oh, excellent Hawaiian shirt. I really liked that he was wearing it for the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. Hard same. You know, you got your favorite shirt. He had really good sunglasses. His hair was mm-hmm. good. Yeah, okay, so, well, we're not ranking this one yet because it's just, you know, a movie. But uh, how, would you, how would you rank the, the Brad's, his looks in this movie compared to his other ones? Good. Good. Uh, no, I mean, like, what was his most recent movie before this? War Machine. War Machine, yeah. Uh, was the War Machine Brad bangable? Absolutely not. Was this Brad bangable? I'd say yeah. Are you, okay, would you still say that if the Brad in War Machine didn't run like he had a poopy diaper (laughs) and didn't talk like this? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I would still say that. You would still say that. Yeah, I liked Brad's, like, nice, sun-streaked California he, Okay, God, hair. I guess I forget that that was his most recent one. Like, that is a world, that is, like, a night and day difference. Because, like, yeah. War Machine, he did not give a fuck. <laughs> like, War Machine, he was like, I'm gonna clock in. <laughs> Gotta pay for my divorce I'm lawyer. I'm gonna talk like an idiot, and I'm gonna clock out. Like, no <laughs> offense, Brad, but I think he knows that he was just, he d- did not want to be there. This one, he was, like, trying. Which was nice nice to see Brad try. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing Brad have fun with his friends. I enjoyed seeing the spark back in his eye. Uh, I'm excited to see Ad Astra. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be even more fun because I love space. Have we ever seen Brad in space before? No, that's a a Clooney territory. Shit. Matt Damon's been in space. Ex-friend of the show, Matt Damon. The Clooney's has been in space. Uh, Matthew McConaughey has been in space. Mm -hmm. Now it's time for Brad. It's his turn. And then the four men we talk about on this podcast will all have been in space. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. I don't really know what else to say about uh, about this Brad. I don't know. I just, I really, I liked this Brad. Yeah. I think, although also his shirt was the same color as my bedroom, so that made <laughs> me feel good, too. It was the yellow. You're partial to yellow. Yeah, it makes me feel good. That's cute. This sparks joy. That's cute. This Brad sparks joy. I'm really glad. I would hang out. With, I wouldn't hang out with Cliff Booth because uh, he may or may not have murdered his wife, and also seems like he's not fun to hang out with. Do you with. think he did it? Uh, but he, no. Hmm. But that's just because Brad is always the most woke person. That's in true. Movies. Brad wouldn't murder. Brad's pretty woke. Well, he did murder though, but I guess for yeah, but in self defense, and he murdered. Well, uh, it what is it still in self defense if you get a little carried away? Um, I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> Probably not. But then... Who's to yeah, say? Yeah, I don't know. You know? Who's to say, you know? In the moment? Uh, I've never been in a situation, and I really hope I never have to be in a situation where I find out if I get carried away in self-defense. 
We'll see how it stacks up against Ad Astra. It's going to be a different Brad. But also the director uh, said that uh, this Brad has uh, schizoid tendencies, Hmm. which makes me very excited because I love... uh, your 12 Monkeys Fight Club-y Brad. Totally. Combine that with Army Brad, and uh, boy, we may have ourselves a winner. Oh, no, totally. Like, that is a distinct genre of Brad. I feel that. And it's one we haven't seen no. in a while. I miss, I miss, uh, uh, I guess we would call him unreliable narrator Brad, although he's not yeah. the narrator, but. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm sorry it took us so long to get back in the saddle but we're here now we're here um, we got a whole stack of pancakes for you whole stack we're gonna of pancakes. keep sliding them into your mouth like little we're gonna make you guzzle them down your gullet until you meet brad pitt fixing your car and have to barf them all up <laughs> he'll shake your hand because he's a gentleman and he'll ignore the, the vomit and then he'll say huh <laughs> nice to you doing okay nice champ to meet a fan question mark uh Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Think of this as a new beginning, and uh, we need all the word of mouth that we can get. So you can uh, listen to us on iTunes. Give us five old, big old, beautiful stars there. Uh, You can reach us at March Bradness on Twitter. uh, March.Bradness on Instagram. And March Bradness on Facebook. Or on the good old WWW World Wide Web uh, marchbradness.net as in nothing but net um, you can also listen to us wherever your podcasts are found you got your Stitcher you got your uh, Acast you've got iTunes all that good mm-hmm. stuff yeah give us a listen tell your friends share some links uh, let us know what you thought how do you fall on the discourse yeah, how do you feel about this Brad you can tweet at us. How you and feel we about this? We'll respond. Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna get all up nice and cozy in film Twitter's <laughs> DMs on this one. Please talk to Hannah about Brad Pitt. Tune in next time for our next official pitting, which is Burn After Reading versus Moneyball. It's gonna be a good time. It was recorded a while ago, so I apologize, but you know, better late than never. That's what the. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what the yes. That's what the yes. Thank you so much for listening. I love you so much. Please, uh, thank you. Just thank you for being yourself. We'll see you next time. And I can't wait to talk at you again. I can't wait. All right. I'm kissing your little forehead. Mwah. Mwah. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.